David said it right. I'm protecting those titles. No one is coming for our gold. And just like all of the island dynasty stepped up and got knocked down, it took two Tongans to beat me. You know what? I couldn't be more proud. I asked for Leia to be destroyed, and then I thought about it. I'm like, no, I want her to be eliminated. And I got exactly what I wanted. The Oklahoma tornado touched down once again, and where it lands next time, nobody knows. But you've all been warned. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rights and Wrongs in Pro Wrestling. This is your host, Mr. Green, and let us get to it. It is another week, another episode, and we got WOW on the uh, in the forefront, I guess. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, I should rephrase that and say in the uh, rear view because I'm reviewing, not previewing. So let's uh, let's move into that. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. Let's jump on to it. I don't. I don't know if I have. I don't think I, I'm looking at my papers. I don't have anything that needs to be uh, said prior to. So we can go right into the episode. Uh, episode 36 is Warriors and Monsters. That is the title. And, I, and uh, if you've gone onto my channel as of late, I've started uh, incorporating that into the into how they present that to me whenever I get the press release. So we just kind of move on from there. Uh, before I do start, thank you for tuning in. I mean, I, I can at least say that much. I appreciate uh, you taking the time in your day, in your night, evening, even whenever this is that you happen to have come across this and download and or listen to. Uh, thank you very much for that time and effort that you've given to sit and I guess have a conversation of sorts about women's wrestling not just women of wrestling but women's wrestling in general so we, we have that and and I guess I could uh, also go back and say hey look <clears throat> if you're looking for some other things go check out the review for episode 35 I got a bunch of things in the beginning that I give full breakdowns of that I think you might enjoy. Uh, however, I will just briefly, I will say Southern Fried Championship Wrestling just uh, went through or presented the new championship belt for their women's division. They haven't had one in over 10 years, so now they're going to bring that up or now they're going to present that. There's also the Queens of the Midwest uh, 2 that just took place. And then you also have Ultimate Women of Wrestling that's going to be uh, June 25th. Uh, in Los Angeles. So if you want more information about those, you, it, it is directly at the beginning of uh, WOW Review episode 35. So you can uh, hear 
all of those who's participating in it when it takes place um, the emails uh, website etc etc so episode 36 we you know i think it's safe to say that we've got the formula for a while now um it doesn't really alter all that much if if any it is we open up the show we got a recap then we go to match one then we got another segment then we go to match two and then we got a couple segments in between that then we got match three again drop us segments usually a video package that sets up for the the next match and then rolling into something that sets up for the main event and then we go into your main event and that's pretty much the show that's generally speaking how wow breaks down so nothing here is going to be really surprising to you particularly if you've listened to this for a while or you've watched wow for yeah god that's that's hard to say if you watched wow for a while okay i had to slow down and pronunciate um if that is the case then like i said none of this is going to be new to you but um in talking about the angles the the storylines the matches and stuff like that that that's probably where you know that's where the meat of these discussions are so we will move into that you have a recap that starts off the show and um covers the main event of the episode which in this case is vicky lynn mccoy taking on leah mccona and then we go into the first match First match being Las Bandidas with Sofia Lopez taking on the Tonga Twins. Um, the match in and of itself, uh, perfectly fine. Um, this is it becomes a little difficult for me because I actually I, I have grown to enjoy Las Bandidas, including Sofia Lopez. I'm just going to include her within the uh, the group of that. But there's something with this that it doesn't bother me. It just seems like something's wrong here. And uh, if anybody out there watches this, uh, please, please give me your opinion about this. So when the match starts, and Sofia Lopez has done this a number of times now, and I like Sofia Lopez, I really do. But she comes out acting like a babyface almost every time that she comes to a match. But she always reverts to heel during the course of the match. My, I, I can't say it's a question, but I'm not understanding what the motivations are here. That's I think that's probably what it comes down to best. I don't understand it. I said before in a previous podcast, it would make sense to me if she was being purposely disingenuous to the point that people understood it. You know, you're smiling, you're happy, and this and that in front of people, but, you know, just behind the scenes, like, ugh, I can't stand, you know, something. But there's really been no explanation behind this. It's, it's just she comes out and she shakes hands and she's smiling, and, you know, like I said, it's, it's already difficult to boo somebody who's who's attractive <laughs> you know what i mean that there's no other way i can really say it. this is generally speaking and i'm speaking wrestling you know it is somewhat difficult to get people to boo someone who is attractive unless they come out being a complete jerk 
I mean, because it happens, right? When you have an all-female promotion, you know, and you you've got you know just attractive people up and down the wazoo, you gotta you have to do things that are gonna get people to understand that you are the heel. Vivian Rivera and uh, Sanchez. They both came out doing what they needed to do. They didn't shake any. They, first, their presentation is good. They come out with you know the, the face mask on. They, they have stern looks on their faces when they walk around ringside. And they do not engage with the fans. Beyond, you know, the pantomiming of don't bother me and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you you look at them and you say, okay, I could, you understand the body language. They're heels. Whereas right behind them is Sofia Lopez and she's shaking hands and she's smiling and you know she's very pleasant, which again, it makes it in my view, somewhat a conflicted thing. The kids out there that she's shaking hands with might not understand what's going on. They might not get the idea that she's being, or she is attempting to be healed or that she should be booed as a healed. Uh, but that's you know again that's just uh that's a minor nitpick i guess it is it if this is going somewhere it's subtle work and i would like to see it pay off it just doesn't seem like it's going to be you know going to pay off anywhere um the, the match well no first let's talk about the the uh, tonga twins tongans are almost they're not quite there but they're almost positioned like the female versions of what you know we would kind of refer to as the unstoppable bruiser team the teams like your APAs your Legion of Dooms and uh, uh, well, I would, the demolition you know people like now you got varying degrees of that but generally speaking the teams I just named they, they would kind of mow through their opponents and of course you know the work comes in comes in when you had a stronger uh, set of opposition to deal with. Um, <clears throat> clearly, the Tonga Twins have been positioned as a top-tier team. Went to the finals of their, you know, who who knows what kind of tournament that we can call it, but they went, they went to the finals of their tag team tournament, even though the tournament is just all kind of wonky and crazy and didn't make any kind of sense. But uh, they they did that and and they challenged for the the tag team championships basically for the vacant titles in the in the finals. They just did not accomplish their given goal at that time. Uh, so I, I think it's probably going to be a matter of time before we get to see them either challenge and or win the tag team championships going forward. Uh, one of the issues I developed with the match as it went on is like that. I don't know if there's a good way to finish this. The reason being is that the Tongans really cannot lose. They are currently involved and wrapped up in a feud with the Fabulous Four along with the rest of the Island Dynasty members. And for them to lose at this stage, you know, when they're in the midst of that, what's kind of defeat the purpose of setting up Tonga Twins. But at the same time, then you got Las Benditas, who not but two weeks ago, I think, 
you know, they went into, and well, I should say beyond two weeks ago, when they first started tagging, they were an undefeated team up until Sofia Lopez, you know, I hate to say opened her mouth, but she opened her mouth and told everybody that, hey, they're undefeated and we're going to have the tag titles. They haven't won since. The second that video was produced and released and put on their television program, the very next match, Los Banditas lost. And spoiler alert, they lost this one. So, so again, it's like, okay, what do you do here? Because you got a team that's been uh, positioned as a top team. But then you got another team that was the, the attempt to position them as a top team is there. It's not too late yet, but... You know, you can't have your manager get on TV and talk about how they're undefeated and we're going to win the tag team titles and stuff stuff like that and then go out and immediately lose. Why would you even place that video directly in front of that? I mean, it's, it's almost a running joke at this point. If you get a promo, a promotional video made for you on WOW directly before your match, you kiss that win goodbye because they always lose. They did it in the beginning, then they dropped it, and I was hoping that they was done with that and they would be finished with it all together, but apparently not because they kind of returned to form with this between the Las Benditas-Lopez interview. I mean, not interview, but a promo. Um, the match had some good tag and heel work um, by Rivera and Sanchez, I, I have to say, and I think that it did a great job and solidifying their tag team work. Uh, Rivera was was very good here. Uh, you know, at least in certain portions of the match, I, I really enjoyed what she was doing. She she moved like really fluidly, and honestly, they looked like they they just they meshed well as a team, almost out of nowhere. I don't know if they tag on the Indies, you know, before now, but they. I know Rivera is um, on the Indies. I don't, Sanchez, I'm not entirely sure about. The way she works, I would imagine that she is. <clears throat> but they they do well as a heel team. Sanchez, at one point in the match, distracts the referee while Rivera's, you know, <laughs> pretty much smothering one of the Tongans. Uh, it was a good spot because then that brought in the other Tongans. So now we can really go <laughs> to go to town on and do some double teaming. I mean, so they 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 did some good. Sanchez ran across and like uh, pie faced uh, one of them. I can't tell which which Tonga is which, <clears throat> but they did a good job as heels manipulating the referee. And he had uh, Lopez earlier in the match grab grab the um, the heel of one of the Tongans. I mean, they 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 did a fine job. And going back to what I said about them being the unstoppable bulldozing team, they. Uh, they did good to make the Tongans look very tough. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could say it any better than that. They, they did a really good job of making them look like, not necessarily world beaters, but just we have to do what we got to do to, to score the advantage. One of my favorite spots in the match was, uh, I'm going to call a Kona because I, I don't know the difference between the two, at least now right now. I haven't paid attention. But uh, Kona's in the ring. She's in there with both of the uh, Lost Banditas. They both try to pull her, and they can't. Again, they're showing that that, that size strength advantage because they're significantly smaller than, I mean, height-wise. Kona breaks free, and then she starts taking on them both, right? 
getting ready to whip Rivera into the uh, ropes. She reverses it, gets out of the way when she, um, not, I shouldn't say gets out of the way, the Kona gets out of the way of a clothesline is what I meant to say. The reversal that Rivera sends uh, Kona into the ropes, she ducks the clothesline but runs directly into a drop kick from Sanchez. I said, beautiful, beautiful work bodies too. Them being at, they should have at least gotten a shot, you know, or, or being built towards a shot at the tag team time. Now, whether they win it or not is a different issue. But I, I can see them and say that, you know, they at least should be getting built towards a shot, which is why I'm like, I don't know if this is the match that they needed to have. They need some teams that they can beat. They being, well, actually both of them, but they in this instance being the Banditas. They need, a, they need some teams that they can beat and start just subtly racking up wins. So if we're going to portray this story that they have introduced, I'm not saying they're making up stuff. They introduced this story on their own. Like, hey, we're, gonna, we're going after the tag team championships. And she specifically, she being Sofia Lopez, specifically called out Lana Starr and her tag team champions. How that isn't addressed, how that isn't going back for, how they you know haven't done anything with that, I don't know. I hope that they do, but you know that this is this is where I am with them. I was like, I don't know how they could have gotten through this with a good result. But in any case, the Tonga Twins win. They won by um, uh, I guess it finishes the the Samoan drop neckbreaker. They they tend to use that quite a bit. I. <clears throat> Uh, before they hit that, um, uh, we'll, we'll say chaos. Chaos got a, a cover on Rivera as she um, was laid out. Sanchez was able to save her, but not save herself from being thrown out of the ring. On the bottom of the screen, you could kind of see Lopez who came around. To, <laughs> and I'm going to guess, I mean, her back's to the screen and she's not on camera. Not fully, at least. I can only guess that she's saying, hey, they're getting her, get in there and save her. They hit their finish, the Tongans. Rivera's laid out. They get the pin. And just, you know, it, before the uh, three, Sanchez is trying to roll in. It was almost it was almost like perfect timing. She got up, got there, but got there just too late without looking like I'm trying to wait. So, I mean, if we're talking about how the match was constructed and how they put it together and how they performed it, I mean, this it is a good match. But it's like every wild match, generally speaking, is kind of short. I don't know where it's going. And it's, again, I don't know if they had a good way to come out of this. They probably did the best they could do to Tonga Twins win. And they announced that they're going, you know, <clears throat> they're going after the titles. So, you know, that that's, that's pretty much it. And now I wrote down, why didn't the new heel team you know, why did the new heel team lose? They can't afford many losses. And I don't think they can afford many losses before they get derailed into just being a jobber team that's on the roster. But um, the, the Tongans cut a post-match promo, which basically, you know, them reiterating facts but not being overly specific. This I've started to notice this seems to be a given theme with wow and their promos outside of like two or three people the promos that can be 
aimed towards somebody and they could be direct, but still at the same time, not very specific. Uh, <clears throat> the next thing we get is a BK Rhythm Foxy Fierce video package. And that leads, of course, into BK Rhythm versus Foxy Fierce. Now, if I'm going to use the the phrase that my coworker called, then I'll say the opening of this match was Jane Cena cutting a normal opening rap on Fierce. I expected, and I, and I will be openly honest, I expected Foxy Fierce to lose in this like normal. I wrote it on my notes. I expect Foxy to lose like normal. Those are the exact things I wrote. Uh, which, of course, because I expected it, they <laughs> went into the opposite. And I'm, and I'm not mad about that. Let me be I'm not, not mad about that at all. What I am mad about or, you know, disappointed in them in is wild storytelling. It's sometimes it could be decent. Sometimes it could be good. Oftentimes it is very inconsistent and drops things. The other note that I had here coming out of um, the previous weeks, BK Rhythm's alleged number one fan better be at ringside. If you don't know and if you didn't see the previous shows, her number one fan supposedly is Americana's son. Now, we haven't seen anything that led into that. When she told Jesse Jones in a previous uh, episode, hey, go easy on her. Uh, she's Levi's favorite. Talking about BK Rhythm. Now, we never saw BK Rhythm out at ringside cheering. Uh, not BK Rhythm. We never saw Levi, her son, uh, cheering for uh, BK Rhythm at any point prior to this. We, we just, we never saw that. Is just a... Uh, it's just a MacGuffin. Let's just call it what if this was a movie, that would be a MacGuffin. It's just something to get you from point A to B, and they're not follow they're not gonna follow up on it. I, I was I was so hoping that I was okay. Well, if they if they just had met ringside and had the camera on him cheering, even if they just cut in him ringside from a previous match, I'd have, <laughs> I would have I might have accepted that. I was like, but why is it that He's such a big fan and in the building that he has never been at, at one of her matches. Uh, but in any case, not important uh, because, again, I knew that they would, something like this was about to happen. They weren't going to follow up on it, and they didn't. So now let's get to her opponent, Foxy Ferris, who <clears throat> good for her that she's starting to get some kind of wins. And not just be the punching bag of wow. Which is basically what she had been leading into this entire, you know, season. I don't know, dog. We still breaking in the seasons. They've been nonstop. But in any case, one of the best moves I saw that happened in here is BK Rose. She got like a, a hip toss suplex hard you know that i mean it was, it was really smooth it was it was crazy smooth how she did it where she brought uh, foxy fierce over and hooked the head on the way down really smooth uh but again you know that this is a cold match there's nothing behind this and the one element that they could have put out there that might have given her some 
some level of interest or story or angle or whatever was not there. I mean, because look, even if Levi was at ringside, it was not acknowledged. They never brought it up. So, I mean, he, he legitimately could have been at, out at ringside somewhere. But it, it wasn't acknowledged if he was. So, what would be the point? So, in any case, the match is a cold match. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember how to, uh, there were there was a couple of uh, uh, pinfall sequences. I, we'll, we'll call it that. There's a couple of pinfall sequences that took place from Fierce trying to score that big win on uh, BK Rhythm. <clears throat> and I really hope that she is able to get something. Like Fox Fierce has not done much of anything in a while. She shows up and she has the matches, but she she has not done much of nothing. We don't know. We almost don't know anything about her, other than she's Fox Fierce has an afro, likes models herself after a, a movie icon from forty years ago, and I, I mean, and she's a, you know a, a very, I'm not hyper young lady, but she she's good at what she does. Let me, let me, we'll we'll start with that. She's good at what she does. But she just hasn't been positioned to do anything other than, like, she's a spokesperson for WOW on occasion. She, she showed up on some talk shows, especially when they were trying to get it out there and everything like that. She she's she has that going for her. But within the company of WOW, I mean, she she doesn't get on the microphone. She doesn't really have a lot of backstage segments. She doesn't, and this did nothing to really push that. Like I said, this this match has nothing behind it. Foxy Fierce won with a uh, a roll-up. So, I mean, it's a roll-up of sorts. BK Rhythm was in bad shape. She gave her, uh, she being Fox Fierce, gave her a reverse kick to the belly and hit her with, um, uh, it, it goes by different names in different circles. So I'm just going to call it a sudden impact. Sudden impact in some circles. I mean, it, it's, it's like you sit in the sunset flip, you you. You bend your opponent over. That's where the kick comes from. They take the shot in the gut. They bend over. <clears throat> the person that applied the kick basically sits on their back and then rolls through like you would a sunset flip, and they just hook their arms on the way down, and they, you, you know, it's almost like a instantaneous short-form powerbomb, kind of. But the point being is, yeah, she, she got it. She, she rolled up. She won. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. She gets the win. Nothing. Good match, but nothing. It's just, just, it's just a cold match. <clears throat> the next thing we have is a segment backstage with uh, Americana and Jesse Jones. Uh, Jesse Jones seemed annoyed, and that uh, she had great facials here, which is a, an absolute contrast to the person she's in this scene with. And I'm gonna sidebar. I know I've. I've I've said stuff about her a couple of times, but is I can't help it. Americana, ugh. oftentimes she looks very emotionless. I don't know what it is, but she comes off on a couple of occasions as she's just reciting lines. It 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 doesn't. Feel, sound, or look convincing is just like she's going through the motion. I I really, really, really hate to say this. 
because I know um, let, let's roll back to when Wild announced and uh, Tessa Blanchard was still in that company. Uh, because I ain't fond of Tessa if she, you know, if the things they said is true, I'm not really happy about it. But, you know, I, I will acknowledge she's an exceptional talent. Uh, if what they said is true, Tessa was, I don't know if she was the lead trainer, but she was a trainer there. And one of the reports that they had about Tessa being, uh, I guess, let go from WOW was uh, her issues with, uh, issues is probably the wrong word to put. Um, how can I phrase that? <laughs> issues makes it sound like they had ongoing problems. And maybe they did, but uh, we'll, we'll say her uh, difficulty training her. We'll, we'll call it that. So that the report went out that Tessa was in trouble with Wow for uh, was it yelling at Samantha Sage or uh, excuse me. Um, uh, uh, something along those lines, and now this is over a year ago. Okay, this is this is a while back that they uh, that they brought this. Now I'm gonna read some of this, and uh, you know, just just kind of bring people up to speed who are not aware of what that situation was because it's been a while. <clears throat> this comes from uh, comicbook.com, and is. Details revealed the, re- the reported fallout between Wild and Tessa Blanchard. This was posted in, well, just over a year ago, May 19th, 2022. <clears throat> the report states that Blanchard is currently not figured into Wild's plans, though she also hasn't officially been fired or released. Now we know that's, you know, she's been released. Uh, <clears throat> issues have surfaced since January with the report mentioning one situation where Blanchett was livid about a canceled tryout due to COVID. Blanchett felt it could have still happened through Zoom, but CBS made the call to cancel it completely. Uh, Lee has been at, this is um, AJ Lee, before they started referring to her as Mendez, has been at tapings and work commentary, but Blanchett did not appear at tapings. Um... Let's see. Let's roll down a little bit here because I, I want to make sure that they address the uh, was it Samantha Sage situation. And by the way, I was getting to that, but since this uh, article seems to be kind of all over the place, <clears throat> Samantha Sage is who eventually became um, Americana. So if, if if that helps tie the uh, the the issues together. Uh, let me try a, a different location here. Ah, ah, here we go. Okay. Um. Now this is this is a different report. This is the one that I'm looking for. This is from Fightful, and I probably should have went to them first. This is from Fightful.com, and they are addressing the issues between <clears throat> Wow. The, the the name of the article is issues between Wow and Tessa Blanchard lead to falling out. All right, so again, you can check this out. 
just go to Fightful. You can uh, just do a search and it'll, it'll come up or just go Google it. That's that's the way that we do everything these days. Google it. Um, okay, so I'm going to read this. We're going we're gonna to try this again. This Again, this is the uh, better version of the article or better report, I should say. <clears throat> so I'm going to read this. This also comes from uh, just over a year ago. This is May 15, 2022. <clears throat> so here we go. It seems as if while women of wrestling is already facing issues, if people in the company are to be believed. Via sources that work for a while in a talent capacity, Fightful has been informed of allegations of issues surrounding Tessa Blanchard and WoW. After the brand looked to sever, <coughs> excuse me, to serve as a rehabilitation project for her. After Blanchard deactivated her social media, Fightful was told WoW sources that there had been a lot of fallout or a bit of fallout between the two sides. We do not know her status for this week's Wild. Okay, now that part we can skip because it's past tense, and we know what her her status for those tapings were. She ain't showed up, and she's probably not going to show back up. So I continue with the article. The issue within verifying the information is that many of the people who work for Wild have signed non-disclosure agreements and fear backlash from the company or Blanchard when speaking out, which makes a lot of sense because almost nobody on WOW wants to talk about anything. Um, based on those we've spoken to, many within WOW seem to think both have more power within wrestling than they actually do. Interesting uh, way to phrase it. Who wrote this? <laughs> I need to contact this person. Anyway, um, where was I? All right. Uh, one source alleges that in a case in a, in a class in mid-April, Blanchard cut a promo on wrestler Samantha Sage, who is known as Americana. We're told that the promo saw Blanchard tear apart Sage, leading to many trainees speaking up. Per the source, acting classes were canceled from that point until further notice. At least one trainee was told that Blanchard would be less involved moving forward, but that's hardly confirmed. We reached out to Sage, but didn't hear back. All right, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there. <laughs> Man, oh, I, I, I got to tell you, when I first heard that a year ago, I was probably like a lot of people like, oh, man, that, that Tessa Blanchard, boy, whew, she just can't get it right. She's yelling at this poor girl and this, that, and the other. But, man, at, at this stage, I am not, especially if it was an acting class, I'm not entirely sure that I should disagree with Tessa Blanchard on this. As, as much as she has been reported to be a jerk or... Uh, mean to people or, or locker room bullying or racist, as much as those things have been reported. And I, and I have not even bothered to try to see whether that's true or not. Because when I get a report coming from various sources of several individuals across multiple promotions, <laughs> it is some smoke to that fire. Now, whether how true it is, that's a whole different issue. I was like, but come on. All, all these women didn't just suddenly decide to combine and jump on you just because they're all jealous. You know, especially when you had some of them in WWE saying, I was like, they got no reason to be jealous of you. 
You know, they're in a the bigger company. They might not have a bigger position, but they're in a bigger company. But in any case, because of that, it made it very difficult to have sympathy for, for Tessa in that instance. But every time I see Americana on screen, I think about this article. Because I'm imagining that if this is the best of her performance, if this here on this show, in this segment, in the in the segments that she's in front of a camera, if those things are the best that she's able to do in terms of a promo or a backstage vignette or something like that, she'll need to be there. And I'm not and, and I'm not saying that she does not need to be in wrestling. She is good in the ring. Not great, but she's good in the ring. But my issue is this is national television. This is national TV. She does not need to be on national TV right now. She's not ready for that. And somebody needs to just break that news. Uh, Look, you're not ready for this. I know WoW doesn't tend to cut people. What WoW usually tended to do was they just run and then they would just finish out the season and people would leave. And they just, or they wouldn't be contacted and they wouldn't come back. Or they somehow wouldn't even know that the show started again. They certainly didn't know that it was canceled. When it did get canceled, it, you know, it, I get the impression that a lot of them were just left in the dark. So, while has not really been in the position publicly, I mean, you know, them letting Tesla go behind the scenes is one thing. But they haven't had a talent on screen that they have openly like, okay, this person is no longer here. Except for the cases where they just vanish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Kara Hogan and Diamante, who were firing the drooling on there. They just didn't come back. It wasn't that they vanished. It wasn't that they, the angle stopped. I mean, their angle never got resolved. But they just didn't come back. They had other things to do. AEW mostly. Kara Hogan's in, in Ring of Honor now. She's got a <clears throat> seemingly a, a better position there. But you get the point. It, it's, they while has not, I would assume, wanted, and they probably shouldn't. I mean, because who wants to fire somebody? Unless they just be in a just a, a genuine pain. Nobody wants to do that. Sometimes you have to, but nobody wants to do that. Uh, they probably need to throttle Americana back. This is my open opinion about Americana, a.k.a. Samantha Sage, the wrestling mom, which is what they should call her. That's the first thing. First off, I don't even understand why she's called Americana. Because, I mean, it doesn't make sense to anybody I ask. Not one person who looks at her on screen can tell me why you think they call her Americana beyond the fact that she was born here. But I know they don't want to do it, but they probably need to. They probably need to say, look, we, we got to we have to let you go. And I'm not saying let her go and don't come back. Tell her to go and wrestle someplace else and get in, and learn how to do it. Those classes are not going to fix the problem. I know that 
where the WWE goes, the industry therefore follows, right? So when they start training people and making it a big deal that, hey, we got a school, that means everybody else had to do it. Oh, we got some developmental program. That means everybody else got to do it. Wow has their own training facility. They don't advertise it all the time, but, I mean, that's what they claim. Maybe I shouldn't say facility, but they they have a location to train in, which isn't, you know, that's not like it's unheard of or some sort of crazy thought that has a place to practice and train. But they have it, right? That goes so far. Like, it gives you, you know, all your fundamentals and basics and stuff like that. But the whole point that, you know, in the times that I've interacted with, talked to, and and, uh, dealt with students in training classes and and the promoters and the trainers and stuff like that, in the time I've taught it, the, the, the sentiment about what the schools do and how they do it all basically seem to be the same. I have my kids and I train them here. I put on a show once a month so that they get the opportunity to train, well, work in front of a live audience. I encourage them to go and take other bookings once we get to a certain point of you doing this with me so that you can learn different people, different work styles, different crowds, how to react and how to handle those crowds, so on and so forth. This is it's a real-world working experience. Uh, Americana does not need to be doing a real-world working experience on national television. That is not the time to be learning how to do stuff. But that's the thing that people keep doing now. It's not new. It's happened a long time. Vince McMahon was notorious for it. But just hiring people just because, ooh, you look good, and I think I can get a good story out of you, does not make for a good wrestler. She needs, and I, I'm hesitant to say let go because that sounds so permanent. But, you know, a better way I can say it is uh, I don't know who got the money and who's willing to do it. But when Dixie Carter uh, was running Impact Wrestling, and say what you will about Impact and Spike, I mean, uh, uh, TNA and all that stuff like that. But they were on Spike TV, and they drew over a million people a week, and any wrestling promotion would be begging to get that right now. Um, <clears throat> but the point that I was getting to was that she essentially sent uh, – uh, God, what was his name? I was about to say Conan, but it's not Conan. It was um, – he went by the name Supermex for a while, and I and I have completely blanked out on name. He was part of LAX, uh, and they wanted to make him like a um, a Mexican superstar for their company. That's that's what they wanted, and she more or less took a liking to him. You know, she she felt like he was a a star ready to be made. And, you know, how, how could you not? I mean, he was an incredible uh, physical specimen easily. So, um, Hernandez, that's what I was I, I, mean, t- I could not think of his name, Hernandez. Um, so she, she essentially paid for him to go to Mexico 
because I think he was born here and he didn't know Spanish, but they wanted him to be a Spanish star. So they, she essentially fronted him the money to go to Mexico and learn the language and, and learn the language, be part of the culture and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, and, and she fitted the bill, the bill for that. Reportedly, she fitted, fitted the bill for that. If they want Americana to be a star for them so badly, that is what I think that they should do. I think that they should uh, send her away for a stint somewhere else to learn something. Get it, and I said this when I started talking, doing these reviews. I said they need to have some kind of relationship with some of those promotions in California or some across the country, promotions that they trust, with promoters that they trust, and send that person that they need or that needs some more seasoning to them. And just make it clear, like, look, we will cover this person on your show. Just include them on your show. Give them a match with somebody that you know can work with them and help get them along and include them in some vignettes and backstage segments so we can see how they're progressing and how she's learning to talk and how she's learning to cut a promo and all that stuff. Let her get there. They putting her on national television like this only hurts her because if she don't make it in a while, there's a good chance that she ain't going to make it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's... how many times have you seen that? How many times have you seen the person that got thrust into a position that they just are not ready for, and then when it doesn't work out, they just vanish? All because somebody had a hard on for them, and they thought they looked good in tights. We got to get you on TV, and I don't mean that. Just I'm not aiming that just towards women, because Lord knows, this man was a he loved him some bodybuilders. I don't mean that in a salacious way, but he loved him some bodybuilders. That was what that was his thing. That's what he thought made a star. And he hired the people, paid them good money to be there when they weren't remotely prepared for it. Look up Brockus, and you will understand. And even them sending him to ECW did not help him. Had a reasonable match with Taz, but it was a squash. He looked good, but where did it go? It just he just didn't have it, and and largely because much like Americana, getting to the point, you being put in a position that you're not ready to be put in, and that ain't her fault. She should not take blame for that. She shouldn't take blame for it, nor should she feel guilty about it. It is not her fault. But what is what she should be doing is trying to do something to get better. And let that company know that she's trying to do something to get better, not just be coasting by on the idea that they they hired me. She is is just not happening right here. So anyway, uh, that was the um, backstage session. What basically was this? I didn't. I, I thought that I'd just talk about. It. I just remember I didn't even talk about the backstage session. I went off. I went off kilter. Sorry. But uh, yeah, Jesse Jones seems annoyed with Americana, who obviously isn't focused. That's not the, the the scene that they're trying to portray. And like I said, she looks like she's reciting lines. And she's saying, basically, I'm sorry that Levi distracted you last week and it caused the loss. And Americana, not America, Jesse Jones is saying, okay, look, 
what on the bridge to pass is the pass, but we got to focus tonight and we got to get through this. Now, keep in mind that somewhere along the lines, Americon said, hey, we don't have to worry about Levi there today because he'll be at ringside, but he's with the babysitter. So we're, we're fine. And Jesse's like, all right, fine. And then Americana goes up. But then isn't it so cute? that And, and Jesse's like, oh, look, listen, I need you to focus. So we already know where this is headed. We, we can see where this is headed. Now, whether this turns into Jesse Jones reverting to heel is one thing. Uh, or I doubt it'd be Americana that reverts heel. But I, I do get the feeling that this team is either about to just split, which I would prefer a clean split and just move on, or they're about to have a break in the in the system between the two of them. That's what it feels like. Hopefully, they actually uh, do some follow through. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a side note, I, I do have to say because this is one thing that I know that I brought up a while ago and I just I was so <laughs> I was so happy that it wasn't just me I was like okay is it me or does this woman look like she's uh, Santana Garrett <laughs> and on their own YouTube channel uh, it is the video titled Americana Focus Somebody on there wrote, is that Santana? She had work done, and you got this string of responses like, nope, that's the new Americana. The guy's like, she looks like Santana. The person responds, yes, I thought. The guy responds, are you sure it's not Santana? So <laughs> and you can read this. This is not me just randomly doing this. You can go to this page and look it up. Go on YouTube. Look of Americana Focus. And the, the guy who said that is Richard Hutchison. And uh yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just it's funny that I'm like, okay, I I see now I'm clearly not the only one that thought that. <laughs> and whoever responded that they clearly feel the same way. It's like it's obviously meant to mimic her, you know, but it's Americana. And uh, you know that's from an entirely different person that's that's on the on the thread. And um, what did they say? I think she's trained by Wild. And if they, all right, so yeah, that that they're, they're carrying on uh, about her look. And yes, <laughs> it looks like Santa dresses like her and has her finishing. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just read that. That one I just read for the first time because this one went up six days ago. But yes, that I I absolutely agree. Absolutely, whoever you are, Richard Hudson, I agree with you. You are correct, sir. She looks and walks, talks <laughs> just like a American. I mean, uh, Santana Garrett. It's like it's like somebody in that company said, "We'll show you." <laughs> Where's that old outfit that Santana left over here? Make her wear that. And give her the headbands and the tassels on the jacket, just like that. And you know what? Do you have a finish yet? Do the springboard moonsault thing. That'll show her. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, that just kind of tickled me there. Uh, going into the match, 
We've got our tag team match of the evening. We got Siren the Voodoo Doll and Holiday, who for weeks now I have not seen Dante or Chainsaw hanging with them anymore. So I'm assuming that this team that is just a tag team now rather than a faction, I guess. I, I don't know. So and I'm gonna move to because I spent a lot of time just rambling on about Americana and, and her kid and all that stuff like that. But all right, so <clears throat> Why is he even at ringside? That was that was my question. Those why why was he at ringside when he specifically cost a problem and he has a babysitter. He doesn't have to be ringside to see his mom. For what reason do you need that I need to bring you out there specifically to see you know your parent in what is supposed to be a physically demanding fight? Now, just think about that. I understand when it's, you know, it's the special event, you know, it's my retirement match or something like that. And I'm not saying that parents don't bring their kids. Of course they do. But in a kayfabe universe, she is bringing her child essentially to watch her beat someone up and or be beaten up. Which is where I'm like, I don't understand that kind of logic. First of all, why are you at front row when you've already proven yourself in this tiny, well, I mean, well I'm going to say tiny building. You've already proven to, your, to, your, to the audience that you're loud enough to be distracting. And you are clearly becoming distracting. One way or the other. I ask any of you that's listening right now to go and watch the match with Americana in it. Again, physically speaking, she's fine. Uh, she needs more work. And she needs to figure out who Americana is. Because if we're going by any estimation of what some of these other fans are saying, she's just a, a Santana Garrett clone at this point. She needs to figure out who she is. And that needs to be addressed to WoW rather than just, hey, I'm Americana and go for it. I mean, they already switched gimmicks on somebody. And that didn't make a lick of sense when it commanded Spars to Amanda Rodriguez. And they still ain't taken. They haven't even updated the page on their website to say that this isn't Commander Spars anymore. So, you know, that's a whole different thing. Um, <clears throat> so let's just get to the end of this match. It, 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 this... This had a lot less to do with the, we'll call them the dark side. It had a lot less to do with them and more to do with Americana and Jesse Jones. This match is essentially there to facilitate whatever problems are going to be manifested from this stuff. Uh, there's a part in the match where Jesse Jones comes in for the cleanup. She, you know, Americana got the heat on her. And then she gets the tag. She gets, and then Jesse Jones, of course, being the veteran, she comes in, does, does the, the cleanup spot. She's still moving somewhere gingerly around, I think, because of her knee, even though she doesn't have the brace on. Americana, when Jesse Jones has Holiday down on the mat and seemingly ready to be beaten, Americana's like, tag me, tag me. You know, and, of course, Jesse's like, all right. She tags her. Americana goes to the top rope, and like the 
like the uh, mom or stupid baby face that she morphed into, she decided that now's a perfectly appropriate time for me to turn towards my child and give him a heart symbol to say that I love you. Can't wait till after the match. I got to do it right now. And I got to do it right now while I'm not paying attention to anything going on in the ring and in a vertical position. And clearly my ears are clogged because less than five feet away is, a, is Jesse Jones yelling at her saying, get down, move. And she, <laughs> she didn't do any of that. So Holiday pretty much walks over there, throws her off the top rope. Siren comes around and grabs the bad leg of uh, Jesse Jones and keeps her distracted. Meanwhile, Holiday does an implant buster on Americana. One, two, three. We are finished because of the stupidity of Americana and her child being distracting and her not having the good sense to say, just watch this in the back or look at it on TV when it comes on. But I, I can't have you out there right now, baby. I don't, look, mommy's working. You know, that's all it takes. Mommy's working. <laughs> we... Most responsible people out there who had responsible parents at some point in their time in their life heard that. Hey, look, daddy's working right now. Mommy's working. Yeah, it felt, it was cruel. I mean, not cruel. Yeah, it hurt your feelings, especially when you wanted their attention. But you know what? Sometimes you, you had to do it. Daddy's working right now. I need you to sit down. So we have that. I also put uh, Jesse Hill turn coming question mark and it, it is not going to surprise me in the least if she turns heel right now next segment video packages with Samantha Smart coach uh, Campanelli and Randy Rara this is recapping their feud leading into what will be what is termed a schoolyard brawl okay um, so we go to the next segment, which is Lana Starr giving a motivating speech to Vicky Lynn to eliminate Leia McCoy. Uh The segment I thought was was good. I this is one of the points where I was like I wish they had actual things to back it up. They tried to in this segment. They tried to make it out that Leia McCoy has been a constant thorn in their side. And if I was editing some of this, I could probably stretch it out to a point where, you know, you could believe that she had been a thorn in the side. But there's not a lot of that. I mean, you could you could do clips of her challenging for the championship, but she lost that. You can do clips of her in the uh, four, uh, the eight-person tag. Um, but I, honestly, outside of that, I, I really don't know. Where is, has she been a thorn in the side? I, I don't know. She, it's not like she's out there every week calling them out or getting a match with one of them or something like that. I mean, it would be, it would, that would be an entirely different thing, especially just like, hey, she went through one of the Carlson twins single, singularly, and then the other one singularly, then Vicky Lynn singularly, then it's the – you know, championships spread out over a couple of weeks, obviously. But uh, <clears throat> that didn't happen. None of that happened. So whereas it is nice to see them try to position her as the threat, I'm not sure how she's been a threat. 
beyond the fact that they just like, hey, she's challenging for the championship. I was like, okay, so what? If she doesn't do it, somebody else will. Um, the commentators keep drilling the idea that Vicky Lynn is important to the Fabulous Four. Not, and that in and of itself is not the bad thing. The this idea that they can just reshape the narrative of what has taken place, uh, that bothers me. I, I can't even phrase that no other way. That bothers me because it's, it is under the complete assumption, whether they want to admit it or not, that either you are just now tuning in and you have no knowledge of the, of the stuff previously or you do not remember, which is very likely because some of that angles and segments take so long to come back around to that you might have forgotten. Or they just ignore it. You, you know, you'll believe what we tell you. Some, you know, thing like that. Uh, I don't, they, in this match, they tried to give Leia an out in that she has some athletic tape on her shoulder. Like, oh, she's coming into this thing hurt, you know, that that type of thing. Which, if that were the case, and, and if that were the idea that they were trying to play, then Makoa did not get the memo because her arm was fine. <laughs> like, there, there's no point in this match that I can recall that she looked like that shoulder was bothering her to the degree that it cost her uh, being able to function in the match. So... Again, I'm not I'm not sure where they're going with that. The only time that that became seemingly a thing is when Vicky Lynn specifically targeted it. Like she took her in the armbar and then she, you know, dropped and el- pushed an elbow onto her shoulder. But if you take that out of out of play for all intention purposes, Vicky Lynn won clean. She won clean as a whistle. And, you know, as the, the match itself probably took all of like three minutes. It, was, it wasn't long at all. And it's, she beat her quickly. She beat her clean. And I'm like, I, I don't know. They, they, they're blaming the loss on the shoulder. But really? <laughs> so what? And she sold the shoulder after she was, you know, after she was beaten. But outside of that, I was like, come on, man. This, it, the shoulder thing I thought was kind of weak. The constant attempt to drill the idea, and they wouldn't have the championships if Vicky Lynn wasn't there. That, that bothers me more than the, than the McCoa thing. Now, again, if I was trying to stretch the idea that Leah McCoy had been a thorn in the side, I could probably get enough footage between the two or three matches that they've interacted to sell that point, if I was trying to do it. I can't even begin to do that with Vicky Lynn, which is the point that I was getting to. I cannot begin to do that with Vicky Lynn. She has done nothing to help her partners and stablemates win anything. Why? Does wow continue to try to beat people over the head like, and she's helped. Every-. I mean, I know why they're trying to give her some level of significance to the group, 
some level of importance since she doesn't have a championship and they have no intentions of introducing a secondary championship. So we got to give her something. She can be the enforcer, and, and we'll make it that she didn't. That they wouldn't even won if if uh, Vicky Lynn wasn't there. But Vicky Lynn wasn't there. That's the problem. Vicky Lynn was not there when Penelope Pink won the Wild Championship. Vicky Lynn was not there. She wasn't even in the company when the Colson Twins of Miami's Sweet Heat won the Tag Team Championships. She wasn't even. You know, she wasn't. A, a, Allegedly, she wasn't even hired yet. So how is she this intricate component in their matches? And not just that. If you was really trying to get the idea that she was so important, why has she, she has not been at ringside up until this point to Penelope Pink and Tiki tomorrow or uh the Miami Sweet Heat again, you know, d- defending whenever they defended last. <clears throat> I I don't see a thing that she's done that would make anybody believe that she was so important to the group. It is almost complete and utter nonsense. As a matter of fact, okay, yeah, because the, the twins, Sweet Heat, they're two-time tag team champions. Where was Vicky Lynn when they won the titles back? She wasn't there. She wasn't even in the building. If she was, they didn't put it on camera, and they certainly didn't put it on camera if she helped. So what? Why? How? How is she some sort of intricate piece of the puzzle? So, yeah, you have that. As I said, Vicky Lynn won clean with like a uh, spin-out powerbomb or blue thunder, depending on where you're at. And that was it. And she cut a promo after the match. Vicky has great intensity with her promos. Has great intensity. But it was a promo that didn't go anywhere. It, like, it's, it's, I've begun to notice it. It's like every other promo that's in a while. It's a promo that is set on talking about whatever it is that's directly in front of them, like, hey, you guys will never get the championship so long as I'm here. But also vague enough to where it can be inserted anywhere at any given time behind any match. And Lana Starr basically says that she was the substance behind this, believe it or not. In the promo, she became the substance. Telling everybody, you know, nobody can stop, you know, the, the typical heel shtick. And that she got what she wanted. They eliminated McCoy. Now, here's another thing. If the idea is that we are trying to eliminate Leia McCoy, how is this doing it? Why is that powerbomb somehow more deadly or devastating than any other powerbomb that she's been in or faced or taken? But here is like, I got what I wanted. She eliminated her. I was like, eliminated her how? It, you know, it, it probably would have been a different thing if they had had Vicky Lynn put her through a table or beat her down with a steel chair or, you know, I would even have accepted if she picked her up and repeatedly gave her her blue thunder bomb. I forget what it calls. It's like a tornado or something like that for them. But um, it, 
I would have preferred that if I was booking it. Like, look, have Vicky Lynn lose, but beat Makoa along the way, beat her up. And then you can still get to the same point. It is my job is I'm not here to win or lose. Lana Star pays me now. Wow. And my mission is to make sure nobody gets here. And you just saw what happened. She told me to eliminate that woman, and that's what I did. Nobody stands up to whatever she wants to call her finishing move. And, you know, if you have her hit it five or six times in the course of the match to where, you know, back to back to back, or, you know, in AEW, I guess it would be considered the powerbomb symphony. Then you can at least get the idea that, oh, man, she's trying to really hurt this woman. By the time I get to Powerbomb 3, I'm going to call it a spin-out Powerbomb. By the time I get to that, that's when I got, you know, I need people running out there to stop this. So, you know, if I was going to change anything in the match, here's probably what it would change. Leah McCoy would have won, but she would have won by DQ. Vicky Lynn would have, at some point of the match, just given up on the rules and just start assaulting uh, Makoa. Like, you need something in there to give her just a, enough of an advantage to where when she starts assaulting her, you know why that Makoa's not fighting back, because she can't. So if, if I'm doing that, I'd have her pull out a pair of brass knuckles. I hit her, she hits her in the side of the head, Makoa goes down. Referee doesn't see the knuckles, but he sees Vicky Lynn mounting her and punching her in the face over and over and over and over again to the point of it just being uncomfortable. You get her up and then toss her into her blue thunder bomb, her spinning power bomb. She goes for the cover, does the old finger wave. No, no, no. I pick her back up and she does again. Or better yet, you have Lana Stark get up on the apron and say, do it again. And Vicky Lynn obliges. Okay, fine. She does it again. Lana's out yelling again. Do it again. I want her gone. Okay, you want another one? Fine with me. Hits it again. Third time. Referee's giving the warning. Hey, don't be doing this. You, you're going you're gonna to cripple this woman. Stop. Lana Star again. Now she's in the ring. I said I wanted her gone. I'll pay you. Do it again. Referee tells her to get out. She says no. Vicky Lynn shows the referee because you're talking to my boss. Now she's disqualified. Now you've already hit two during the course of the match. You got another one coming. The referee's out. <clears throat> They're ringing, they should be ringing the bell furiously. Alana says do it again. She gets a third one off or, you know, third or fourth, whichever one we're at. And now for the finale spinning powerbomb. We set her up for one more time or a standard one, whichever one works. And before she's able to do it, now you got the, the ring get rushed. The twins come out there and Chamoa, uh, you know, come out there to stop it. Star and McCoy, I mean, and Vicky Lynn flee, but not before getting on the microphone, you know, close to the door so they can run. I told you. No one's coming after these championships without going through me first. Winning and losing don't mean anything for me. My job is clear, and this woman covers my checks. So if she wants you put out, heaven help you if you cross my path. Or, you know, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing this off the top of my head. So that would have been the way that I would have gotten out of that 
if anything. But as it is right now, they they're, they're just retelling the narrative of Vicky Lynn McCoy and trying to make her more important to the to the functionality of the Fabulous Four than she actually is. Really good at what she does. Like I said, great intensity with her promos. Great, great. Should be viewed as an enforcer and a world beater. But and I but they don't need to try and change the narrative to try to make her more important. She's fine. Just leave her alone and let her be the enforcer and stop trying to retail recreate the history that you created in the first place. And if you're going to recreate the history, at least get footage to kind of back it up and not just say nonsense on camera. So that was episode 36, Warriors and Monsters. I'm not sure what, I I guess Makoa was supposed to be the warrior and of course the monsters are the same monsters that they have all the time. So we get out of this and we are now left with a opening, potentially an opening angle from Americana and, and Jesse Jones. <laughs> We're left with the Tonga twins climbing the ladder back towards assumably a tag team title match with Miami's Sweet Heat. We're left with... <clears throat> BK Rhythm and Fox Pierce really didn't have anything to be left with. It was like I said earlier, it was just a match. And then you got the main event where they, you know, did their thing and the Fabulous Four is still in control as of right now. And according to them, you got to go through me in order to get a shot at the titles, which is clearly untrue because Tiki didn't have to. So, so there we go. And for that matter, neither McCona. She got a title match before. She didn't have to go through Vicky Land to do it. She just got it. So there it is. That is the episode in a nutshell. As I cross the hour mark, that's a nutshell for you. Uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see where this goes, you know, as it pushes forward. I really, really, really hope before I get out of here, I really hope. A couple of things. One, that the continuity that these shows often face the challenge of dealing with gets better. They are better than what they were. They are far better than what they were, but they still got a little ways to go. Uh, Two, if you're not wanting to get or give up on the Americana project, and, and honestly, they probably shouldn't. But what they should do, in my view, is they need to get her someplace where she can get some more seasoning under her feet and then come back to WoW. Put her, give her a stint on the indies with some promotions that you trust for six to eight months and then bring her back. Put her back, put it right back on TV and you talking. I was on the road, I was, you know, doing such and such, learning a new career, learning a new hole. You know, I, I, I left because I thought I wasn't ready you know, to be here while my win-loss record wasn't what I wanted it to be. And so I had to go back to the roots of this. I had to go back to on the road. I had to go back to wrestling across the country and, and really find myself and find who I am. I'm not Americana. I'm Samantha Sage. And, you know, this is 
this is the me that you're gonna get to know. Well, you know, whatever. That those two things, if nothing else, uh, really just become distracted. And finally, the uh, the need for them to try to change and or control their narrative to such a degree that it just becomes absurd. That is probably the last of it. So anyway, that is the full review for episode 36, Warriors and Monsters. It was an average episode, so probably about a C, which is a running theme here. It's like, it's, it, they're not great, but they ain't bad either, so it's, it's just it's average. It's a C. And it's certainly, you know, Certainly worth you getting excited about having that good old fresh C. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's gonna do it for this particular episode. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast, the rights and wrongs of pro wrestling. And we will be back to cover the schoolyard brawl in its entirety, and I'm sure. Yeah, that is going to be uh, fascinating. I know you can't see my face to see how I'm, <laughs> how I'm looking as I say that, but yeah, I'm sure this is going to be fascinating. It, it should be uh, different, if nothing else. So I'm waiting to see that. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm waiting to see, waiting to see next week's at, uh, episode, and uh, hopefully it will deliver something. It will deliver the goods and make me get on here after I watch it and say, you know what? I was wrong. They have made a fool out of me. This was great. That's what I'm waiting on. And if they do, then I, you know, I'll make sure to say it. But as of right now, it doesn't seem like they're gonna go too far anywhere. Ah, okay. So back to the close of the show. We are gonna wrap this thing up and we will be back here, episode 37, Schoolyard Brawl, to do this all again and provide more content for you to listen to and, and uh, debate on and, and talk about. Like I said, leave comments below. Uh, email mrgreen75hotmail.com or hit the uh, contact button on wpnwrestling.com. Either one will do. I should be able to get it and see it. Uh, and I'll be looking out for it if, if I see any more coming. So with that, folks... This is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and I will see you on the next go-round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.